The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. How about those Royals? Now a season high, 22 games over 500 at 60 and 38, an eight-game lead for KC over the Twins, and that's their biggest division lead since the 1980 season. I was not even alive at that point. As KC pounds Cleveland 9-4 in the first game of a 10-game road trip, and what's up? It's Davo. I am very glad you're along for another edition of Your Dish on Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we break down Royals post games, break down the moves they make, and also talk to your favorite current and former Royals players. And we're going to preview the next two games with Cleveland, talk a bit more about this road trip. But we're going to start with getting to this game and our player of the game, who is Eric Hosmer for the seventh time this year. Haas and Moose, both with seven players of the game this year on Clubhouse Conversation. They're tied for the lead. Edinson Volquez with six. Gordon and Morales with five as you go down the list. And Eric Hosmer, how about starting off with authority? The very first pitch he saw from Cody Anderson. And typically in recent history, the Royals have thoroughly struggled against most starting pitchers they see for the first time, right? Not tonight, though, against Anderson. They got him right away. Hosmer, first pitch he saw. Left center, bam, way out. A three-run shot for Eric Hosmer. That's his 10th round tripper of the year. Already bypassing last year's total. How about that? And it put Casey at ease, I thought. Really got the offensive parade started. Hosmer overall, three for five tonight with four RBIs and three runs scored. Hosmer quietly having a pretty darn good year for the Royals. Maybe the home runs aren't quite what we wanted or what we thought might and will happen in the future. I mean, I, I think we all believe Hosmer's a guy that's going to hit 25 to 30 at some point during his career. Maybe maybe he's going to peak in the upper teens this year, but the OPS is, is good. Uh, he's getting on base at a, at a good clip. The defense, of course, is always there. So Hosmer's quietly having a very good year for the Royals. Now let's also give some love to several other guys in that lineup tonight. Kendrys Morales, who's now second in the league in RBIs, Banged his 26th double, three hits to go along with the three RBIs tonight for Mr. Morales. Lorenzo Kane, an on-base machine. About two walks, a hit, three runs for Lo Kane. Hit the showers early to get a little rest tonight as Paulo Orlando came in to play some left with Dyson moving over to center. Good to see Dyson uh, stay in the game after getting drilled by a pitch. Both benches were warned in a very premature uh, move, I thought, by Lance Barksdale, the home plate umpire. Warned both teams after Omar Infante's home run there in the second inning. He drills, draw Dyson in the legs. Nice to see no retribution from the Royals. I thought it was a premature uh, warning. Uh, I don't know why the Royals got warned, but Whatever. It kept anything from escalating, so that was good. And Dyson got back at Anderson later with the triple. Like I said, Omar Infante breaks his homerless streak. Well over 400 ABs. Second inning solo shot. He almost hit a home run, by the way, just the other day, Saturday night at the K. Missed a home run by maybe 10 to 12 feet in that game against the Astros. So Omar flexes his muscles and says, tonight I'm actually going to get it over the fence. And he does that. The Royals leave just six men on base. They're a solid four for 12 with runners in scoring position and nine runs on 11 hits. And, you know, KC position players weren't just hitting the ball tonight. Some great defense out there, as always. Obviously a big star on my scorecard with the Lorenzo Kane play in the bottom of the first inning. KC gets the 3 nothing lead. 
And the Cleveland has a runner at third with one out. That man is Jason Kipnis. The ball is hit by David Murphy to center field. Lorenzo Kane catches it for the second out, coming in with his momentum. Nice job setting up behind, coming in. Crow hop, bam, to Salvador Perez. Perfect throw of the Royals. Gun down Kipnis at home. The second assist in the last week for Lorenzo Kane out there in center. And from there, between the offense in the first inning and getting out of that bottom of the first with, with no damage, Edson Volquez cruised and continued his extremely impressive 2015 season. And thankfully the Royals have him signed again through next year because Volquez is proven to be a steal for the Royals, as is Kendrys Morales. We could go on and on. Matson, Blanton's been amazing. Franklin Morales has been amazing. And even Alex Rios quietly beginning to hit the ball as well. But the Royals thankfully do have Volquez back anchoring that rotation again next year, along with guys like Duffy and Ventura, uh, assuming Cueto will not be back here next year. I don't see the Royals paying him uh, six years, $120 million or whatever it's going to take to keep, you know, to keep him here. But anyways, 10-5 and five is now the mark that Edinson Volquez has, sporting a 3-2-1 ERA. He goes six-plus, allowing three runs on six hits. Too bad that Joe Blanton came in and gave up that home run to Francisco Lindor because that otherwise spoiled a one-run outing by Volquez. But either way, heck of a job by Volquez tonight. He walked five, like I said earlier, not thoroughly impressed with Lance Barkdale's, you know, job of the warnings and certainly not impressed with his strike zone tonight either. Very hitter friendly and very inconsistent for both sides. So the five walks that Volquez allowed, not that big of a deal. Struck out four, scattered the six hits in his six plus innings. Like I said, 10 and five now at the 3-2-1 for Volquez and give Joe Blunton credit as well. Yes, he did give up the home run to Lindor, but he also made sure the Royals bullpen is 100% fresh going into tomorrow. A couple days in a row off for Davis, Holland, Herrera, and Matson. How nice is that? Blanton gets his second career save, both in the last month. Had zero coming in to this year. Now he's got two. Three innings, one run on three hits for Blanton. And you have to wonder, was that Joe Blanton's last outing in a Royals uniform? I imagine the Royals will activate Johnny Cueto tomorrow, if not Wednesday for sure. I would think tomorrow. He'll be arriving in Cleveland tomorrow, maybe one more day. Especially if that move is to DFA Joe Blanton, because Blanton obviously would not be available tomorrow. So if they're going to do it, they may as well just activate him tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, the, the real scenarios to me are, uh, what I think will and should happen is Jeremy Guthrie stays in that rotation. Because again, yes, the Royals now have Cueto, who has a better innings history than Guthrie. But outside of Cueto, Guthrie in his career has given you more innings consistently and proven himself an innings leader more than anybody else in this organization, not named Johnny Cueto. And Guthrie has been for the most part, serviceable this year ever since that Yankee start. Ever since then. I'm not going to throw that start out. I'm just saying ever since that he's been fairly serviceable. Did go seven innings the other night despite giving up four runs. And Guthrie, probably not a guy who you're going to see in the starting rotation come the playoffs. He's more probably likely to be a long guy in the playoffs because you only need three and a half. You know, I say three and a half because you need four starters, maybe some of the playoffs and three starters during others. So probably those guys are going to be obviously Volquez, Cueto, Duffy, and Ventura, the way it looks right now. But you can easily settle in with Jeremy Guthrie as your number five starter the rest of the season. The division is, uh, we don't want to say all but one, but it's the Royals' division to lose. Let's put it that way. And, and that's just an, you know, an understatement. So Guthrie can be out there every fifth day giving you innings and saving the bullpen. There's a lot of value in that to me the remainder of the year, and he becomes your long man in the playoffs. So I believe Guthrie stays on this roster. The only two guys that could, you know, that could be DFA'd are, number one, I would think Blanton, who I believe will be DFA'd. Or Guthrie. I mean, you're not going to get rid of Chris Young, obviously. He's been very effective. Now, granted, he can't give you the innings that Guthrie can. 
maybe even Blanton from time to time. Chris Young, the rumor has, you know, has been battling some back issues, but he's pitching tomorrow. So unless the Royals were going to wait until Wednesday, I can't see them putting him in the DL. Could Blanton have a mysterious injury? Could Guthrie? Possibly. But to me, the most likely scenario is Blanton being DFA'd. I don't, I don't see them doing that to Guthrie at all. Guthrie is also an intriguing option out of the bullpen, a guy that can still top out at 95 and 96 occasionally, even this year. Maybe when he's more of a max effort guy for two innings or one inning, could even get that up to 90, you know, 94, 95 consistently out of the bullpen. An interesting guy to think about going forward, but way too much value in him. You hate losing Joe Blanton, though, too. It's a good problem to have. The Royals have too many good players pitching-wise right now, and, and that's a very good problem to have. Now, the next two games of the series, speaking of Chris Young, like I mentioned him, he takes on Trevor Bauer tomorrow night, another 6-10 start, local time here in the Midwest. Chris Young, 8-6, a 3-3-2. Trevor Bauer, 8-7, a 4-2-9. Young has faced Cleveland once this year, and not a good result, the one outing. Allowed six runs on eight hits in just four innings, did Chris Young. And he struggled his last couple of starts by the home run ball. It's really been snake-biting him. In recent starts, two big flies went just three innings. His last outing against the Cardinals allowed four runs, did young. Now, Bauer got roughed up as well as last start. Six innings, six runs on six hits. He's seen the Royals twice this year and been very good. 1 0 at the 3 6 8 ERA for Bauer against the Royals. I feel like Casey gets the win tomorrow. I think Chris Young pitches pretty well tomorrow. The Royals score some runs and they get the win. Not quite as confident about Wednesday, but. You know, you got Corey Kluber, the reigning Cy Young winner, going up against Jeremy Guthrie. Kluber coming off a difficult outing, and he's 0-3 against the Royals this season. Not good at all. 5-8-5 ERA Kluber has against KC this year. He's given up 13 runs in 20 innings and coming off a six-run, eight-hit outing against the White Sox in seven innings. Uh, Corey Kluber, assuming he's right, is going to be wanting blood in this game. So uh, day game. I don't know. Royals coming off two wins in a row is my prediction. Probably Cleveland gets this game, but who cares? The Royals split the next two. It's a phenomenal series. As we've been telling you, KC plays 500 ball here on out. They literally win 92 games, and that will win the AL Central. KC continues to the pace they're going right now. They win 99. Most likely scenario, KC wins 95 or 96, I would say. So, again, Royals just don't get swept. Just keep winning series or avoiding getting swept, and you're going to win the AL Central. Stay healthy, have fun, and enjoy the ride. It's Clubhouse Conversation. We'll be back again tomorrow night, breaking down tomorrow's game against Cleveland. We have a couple nice interviews lined up for you this week as well. So keep it here for all your favorite current and former Royals players interviews, and hopefully you enjoy the analysis. We'd love to hear from you at Royals Clubhouse on the Twitter, uh, Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook, here through the site, Dave O at clubhouseconversation.com, and make sure you book mark the site too at clubhouseconversation.com. Have a good night. Go Royals!